Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio by one of my co-hosts, Mr. Jonathan Teal, and then via the Zoom, joined by our YSO correspondent across the pond, Miss Hannah Screen. Hannah, I'll start with you. How you doing, dear? I'm good. I'm great. Glad good. to be back again. Yeah, good evening to you, right? So what, roughly yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, six hours ahead. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mr. Teal, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Having to drop in here over the lunch hour to accommodate all time zones. Excited we're, to We're talk. international, man. We're worldwide. We are worldwide. Yeah, it's, uh, we should probably just do away with time zones altogether. Just, yeah. uh, you know, you have, some folks may have to live their life in the nighttime. Some, some people say that time is a flat circle, you know. We can dive into that and much, much more here. But excited to talk some women's British Open with Hannah uh, being uh, there in close proximity. Obviously, it uh, wasn't the only international event we had going on. We'll, we'll dive into what Hannah got herself into. But overall, pretty pretty packed weekend in golf, really. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of uh, good stuff. We got the Wyndham Championship. We got the Women's Am literally starting right now as we're recording this. And so we'll talk about that and so much more. But before we do so, of course, have to show some love to our primary sponsor. And of course, we are talking about Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? So everybody knows about Chalk there in Chisholm Creek Plaza, 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. Hannah, I was up there last Friday afternoon, Friday evening for you watching your gunners kick off the EPL season, and so uh, they, they got off to a good start. Not so much for my Manchester United, but uh, congratulations to you and Arsenal for getting off to a good start. Thank you. I feel like, obviously, we've talked about it before, a long time coming. I'm very happy for them. Yeah. Although, I, more recently, I'm kind of, my brother just started playing for the Brentford Academy. That's right. I'm leaning towards being a bit of a Brentford fan. Yeah, so we'll see bees. how that plays out. That's right. That's right. So they, I think they got off to a draw yesterday, but EPL starting American football, college pros all right around the corner till. And of course we got the FedEx cup playoffs, all the TV screens that uh, you could shake a stick at and more always the favorite. That is chalk luxury sports bar. Yeah. I'm glad you guys kind of kept that to, to a minimum here. We don't want listeners hitting the eject button on our podcast. Uh, Hannah and I are talking, we'll, we'll talk footy off the start air. Start talking about... Uh, we might make a separate podcast. That's right. Just for the football. I, I, I would be, the I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's dozens of folks that would love to, Keith, to listen to Keith that. Keith talks about soccer and I talk about NFL. We could like switch the roles, you know? Oh my gosh. Research. Just, the empire is growing. The that empire would. is growing. <laughs> well, let's keep this one on golf though. And so obviously the big event of the week, the Women's Open Championship across the pond. They're in Muirfield, right? In kind of a significant historical moment, right? So Muirfield, men only for such a very long time. I think they just changed that rule a couple years ago. So great to see the ladies take on one of the most recognizable in, in historic courses of the old Rota, uh, the rotation there for the Open Championship. And it, it played relatively tough, right? We saw some of the conditions, right? We saw some of the wind. We saw some of the weather. But uh, where do we want to start here, Till? So do we, you want to start? Hannah, you want to start? Where do we want to go? Yeah, I'd love to hear Hannah's thoughts just on how the event played out in general, you know, and I think that, uh, yeah, kind of speak to that historic nature of this one as well, uh, being somebody who, you know, not only, um, you know, as a female golfer, but, but grew up, you know, in the UK. It was, it was a great week and obviously a big step forward that women were allowed to play at such an iconic venue. Um, I think that's just such a big, uh, correct step forward, um, in the right direction. And obviously, Buhai's win was a pretty dramatic. Usually, there's never really a playoff. And even if there is, it's usually one hole max. But this was a four-hole playoff. Really exciting towards the end. They had to push the coverage way past PGA Tour highlights. So um, that was that was fun to watch as well. And one of the big things, I guess, highlighted this week was the purse and how yeah. it was the biggest in British Open, like women's British Open history at 7.3 million was the purse, which is so great and honestly really refreshing to see. And I just hope that it, it continues in that direction. I think I think it was a great week. Um, I mean, the week before, 
the England women's soccer team won the European Championship. So that momentum, there's a big push right now, just women's sport in general. And I hope that people can take the energy from the Lionesses winning last week and then the Women's Open being here, just into the future, really, pushing women's sport. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, highly entertaining, really. I think that um, for whatever reason... You know, women's uh, sports and, and in particular women's golf, like, um, you know, folks aren't tuning into as much historically. And I think the more entertaining of a product that uh, is highlighted in this way, it really shines a light on. Uh, and I would I would even go to like um, Buhai 64 on Saturday. Like that was a great way of highlighting, you know, how good of a round that was whenever you could see all the other um competitors were, were struggling to shoot rounds under par and she's out there, you know, blitzing it, uh, shooting a 64, really, really impressive from her, obviously out of nowhere. Right. I mean, as, as golf sickos go, certainly in the States, we follow women's golf, uh, more than most. And I have to put my hand up to say that I was not familiar with uh, with Ashley Buhai. Well, and I was I was going to bring up the analogy. Is this is this the is it similar to Todd Hamilton winning the Open Championship well, back in what oh oh one oh three when was it? Uh, I think it was oh four. Oh four was uh, was Todd Hamilton I, close to that? I was trying to think about a comp and and really couldn't get to one. I, I will say that she was in the final group of the twenty nineteen Women's British Open when uh, Shibuno won. And uh, they highlighted that because they were in the final pairing on Sunday um, uh, for for this open. So obviously, like Todd Hamilton, like was even more out of nowhere. Like he, I, he had right, never three hundred sort of final group of anything, let alone uh, a major championship. But yeah, I think similar in that if you weren't just like aren't just like in the probably working in the women's golf industry, you had not heard her name, and you couldn't have couldn't have told it from her performance on Saturday. Even when um, the hold that jumps to mind was, I think, 17, where she was in total control, just a total clinic, and she finally kind of makes a mess of a hole and ends up chipping in, like, from way off the back of the green for birdie. So it's like everything was going right. Now, she did need, Hannah, every one of, turns out, every one of those uh, birdies that she made on Saturday um, because I would call it, it, yes, it was a playoff, and a very avoidable playoffs? Uh, thing. About playoffs? Thanks, Coach Moore. You Mora. kidding me? Playoffs? Favorite sound clip. I would say I would stick the adjective of avoidable playoff. Like, uh, how, how did you see like her navigating that back nine uh, yesterday? It it was interesting. I mean, you never wish that on anyone. But I think yeah, sixteen when she had the meltdown, it wasn't John Van der Veld like. Of course, nothing will ever be like that at Connie Steve, but you could kind of see her making the mistakes, the thin out of the fairway bunker, the chunk out of the rough, it just kept coming. And I think it's interesting you say that she's not, um, I guess, a, a very well-known professional player because I know she had a very, very successful amateur career and then kind of stepped into pro ranks and str- I think she struggled for a few years. So she kind of it happens a lot that people uh, struggle to adjust to that environment. It's a, a big change. And I think she had a lot of hype around her and then she kind of just on, it sounds harsh. She didn't really live up to it for a while. So she definitely has that winning ability in her because I know she did it as an amateur, but yeah, that, that playoff was avoidable, but it just made it more exciting that it happened. And she held a pretty decent part on 18 yeah, that's true. to get into it. Um, as well but I think it was great to see her say like reset after that mistake and her caddy Tanya very experienced caddy I think made all the difference you could hear some of their dialogue picking up you know it's okay like let's hit a good one over every single shot and you could see she was really fighting the those negative thoughts coming in but I really do think her caddy just overhearing some of the stuff they were saying really helped her in that situation and it, it paid off. The caddy got probably a lovely check. Yeah, yesterday. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you, you talked about the uh, the big purse, right? So Ashley takes home uh, $1.1 million, uh, just under $1.1 million herself. But uh, yeah, the, the drama 
of a playoff in a major championship cannot be beat. What I'll say, well, I want to ask you this: the playoff why did they just the replay eighteen? Yes, that was my only complaint. They I, just kept playing eighteen over and over and over again. Like uh, you know, the, on the men's side, right? They play a yeah, three, three hole, four hole. Uh, I think it, I think it's four hole for the for the open if there's a playoff. And you know, not to throw cold water on all this you know, progress of kind of you know quality for women, but that that was kind of like yeah, we we've been celebrating all week this you know, triumphant, you know, we're playing at a place we've never been able to play. And then like the playoff being on the same hole. Now I will say 18 was sick. So like, that's a, that's a very difficult hole, but you know, you go 72 holes and then to have a one hole playoff on being sudden death and you keep playing. It, it's like, well, it seems kind of unfair. Not, it didn't play out unfair, but if, you know, if that, if that hole requires a certain shot shape and one player had and one, one player does, I just, I think that was a little bit of a downer. Uh, but, uh, I don't, none, nonetheless, it was, it was entertaining. And anytime a playoff goes multiple holes, um, it just ratchets up, you know, who's going to, who's going to break first or who's going to break through and, and do something dramatic. Um, but mm-hmm. 18 wasn't really set up for anything dramatic. It was like, no. make a four and you're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I'd feel like it didn't. It was basically who's going to mess up first. Yeah, who's going to mess up first? Threading a five wood from two hundred yards up there with those bunkers and the swell in the green and the flag at the bottom of that slope. I, it would have been nice to see, yeah, some variety at least. If you're going to play four holes, you know, if you play eighteen once, then maybe go somewhere else. Switch up. And I don't know if they did it because of how yeah. late it was. It could but, be I mean, uh, running out of daylight. Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. It's a logistical. Light up there, but yeah. But I'll say to that point, like, and I can't imagine this is the case for an organization like the RNA who like thinks through everything. But the, it kind of felt like, oh crap, there's a playoff. What are we? What are we gonna yeah. do now? <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll just oh, keep well, 18. Well, it'll be it'll end up the first hit playoff hole. Oh, whoa, there's another playoff hole. Well, let's do 18 again. It didn't. I'm sure that was not the case. I'm sure it was always sudden death, 18 over and over for some sort of well thought out logistical reasons. But it didn't feel that way, uh, and it was a sh- not a shame, but it just uh, maybe a, a nitpicking is probably a good way to put it. Yeah, but I think it was well after nine p.m. local time, whenever it was all said and done, right? So it was yeah. daylight was running out. I always love the clips of the the guy that uh, you know inscribes the name on the trophy. They always make the same jokes every time there's a playoff. It's like, oh, he's having to work overtime, ha ha ha. So <laughs> it, it, he, they the, they did show on the coverage. Okay, uh, I guess maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So. Let's let's break down that fourth and final playoff hole on 18, right? So Buhai hits it down the middle of the fairway. NG Chun throws it out right into a pot bunker, has to pitch out, and then hits a great what a five wood, seven wood, whatever it was, you know, 198 mm-hmm. yards, give or take. Gives herself a chance to make par, and then it looks after she's in the bunker. Buhai middle of the fairway. You think, well, this is probably over with. And Buhai, oh my goodness, no, just a pressure-packed swing, flares it out into the right, into a bunker herself, and then, my goodness, what a bunker shot to get out, right? I mean, that was that was pretty sick. Bunker play all week from her, um, and I, I got to watch it. You know, since she was leading both Saturday and Sunday, you got to watch a ton of her golf, right? You don't, In a final round is typically when you're watching a lot of one person's golf, and when you get out to a lead like that, you get to watch a lot of, um, of it, and she was great from the bunkers all week, and... Um, you know, back to the whole like five woods, seven woods, three woods. Like Hannah, it amazes me the high level golf shots that are so consistent with those long irons, hybrids, fairway woods from the ladies' game. I mean, I don't have no stats to back this up, but it's like you watch PGA Tour pros on the men's side with eight irons and seven irons, and they seem to have worse proximity to the hole than the ladies do with these hybrids and fairway woods. What, what can you just off topic, but speak to that. I mean, what is it's, it just because you have so much more of those, so many more of those I shots? Think, yeah, you do have a lot more shots in your bag. The, the hybrid is very popular to get that high and the extra weight at the bottom, I think really helps. Um, obviously females, female players don't swing it as fast. So it kind of helps with timing and stuff. Personally, I I am not really a huge fan of hybrids. I love my five wood though. I just think it's such a versatile club. I, I can still hit it out the rough if I need to to get it down there, which on par fives is obviously great. But then yeah, if I was ever in that situation, I know that I can 
swing easy. I don't have to give it anything extra. And, you know, in that situation, if someone with a slower swing speed like myself, if I'm there in the same situation, I'm going to pick a five foot over a four iron probably just the, the chances of hitting it nicely and straighter and with a good strike. Uh, they're just very popular. And I mean, you see like the Korean players, they just swing so slow, but the weight will just, I guess, close the club face perfectly. And a lot of them don't hit it that far. So you, you have to get good at those clubs. There's no other option that or short game, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just wild to me to see like how, knowing how difficult long irons, hybrids, fairway woods are to hit and to mm -hmm. see the consistency that female players, um, you know, hit those hit those clubs with is, yeah, is it's, it's, it's impressive yeah. for sure the women on tour well ng chun you know mentioned her coming up a sh i guess a shot short uh great major year man uh you know winning the the women's uh, u.s open uh she had won you know a couple majors prior to in in, in former years but uh she kind of showed it was no fluke she just kind of hung in there and hung in there you know, probably if 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 Buhai didn't have that meltdown on was it was it fifteen sixteen fifteen uh, I think is where the triple then she's yeah. not not probably there but um, yeah she was very very consistent I think you know couple couple under each day on the weekend so she had another impressive another impressive outing and Hannah you brought something to my attention I didn't realize you know she had kind of dealing with some mental health uh, issues yeah definitely obviously she had this big period where she didn't win and there was this expectation for her to win this was i'm talking like two or three years ago now mm -hmm. um and she talks about i've just seen in past interviews she went into quite a bad space at one point and she really didn't enjoy the game at all and that's basically all she's been working on she trusts her swing so much that she knows it'll be, always be there but i think it's great for her to come out and talk about that that's very brave of her to do and she's just very open and honest, which I think is really great for all athletes to be doing about their mental health issues. And she just wants to enjoy it. And even when she didn't hit a great shot, you could see she was very composed and kind of, I, I know at one point on the first playoff hole, well, no, the second playoff, sorry, she chunked a chip and she kind of laughed at it and <laughs> just moved on. She didn't have a, like a wobbly moment. Um, but I just thought that was great that she did that. And then of course to come back and win KPMG this year and then be in contention here, I'm sure she'll be winning more in the future. Yeah, she did have a very good disposition for most of the coverage on and again, I didn't watch a whole lot of it until Sunday, right? So watched watched most of it on Sunday, but a lot of smiles, very relaxed. You know, whenever they uh cut to her on the coverage once it looked like a playoff was going to be final, you know, she was so excited to be a part of it and stuff. And so very, very cool there uh to see her um yeah, just have that have that good dis disposition. And we'll talk about, you know, on the men's side here a guy that had a really good disposition a little bit later on in the pod as well. Uh, uh, Tom Kim, he was uh, super refreshing uh, that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, other, other notables up here till. So oh, yeah, Ma Madeline sure. Sagstrom, right. Leona McGuire uh, made a charge on, on Sunday. She was just too far behind. So had a really good score 66 in tough conditions. Yeah. That's so. gotta be interesting when somebody's out front so far, I think, I think she was five. Blue high was five clear going into Sunday. Was, yeah. 14. Under. So you're obviously just, trying to go out and shoot as low around as possible to, to move up the leaderboard and um, obviously, you know, cash as big a check as you can. But um, yeah, Madeline Saxstrom, we, we talk about her a lot on the pod, just an awesome game uh, to watch. Uh, solid all week. You know, she had, she got a little wobbly back nine on Sunday uh, and then just couldn't, couldn't put it together yesterday. But T4, uh, Lydia Ko, we shot her out a lot on the pod. I really thought, this was her week uh, to, to get it done. Uh, I've been playing well coming into certainly the event, a respectable, yeah. you know, T seven um, or a couple notables uh, to throw out. Um, anybody else kind of grab your fancy Hannah in terms of the, when you were watching or looking at the board? I really, at one point when I saw Leanna Maguire and she was just sticking it so close and holding everything on that front line. I was like, Oh my God, if she gets a charge going, and then exactly kind of what Ashley Buhai did, have a big mess up. It's really, it happens all so fast. It really could have gone any way with anyone. Um, and it's great that she was up the leaderboard. Of course, like some of the bigger names did miss, but if you look kind of down the list, 
the top 30. The majority of the big players were there. Yeah, and that did um, surprise me a little bit, I think, on the preview pod, um, or last week's pod, when we previewed the, the event. I said that Muirfield always has um, very top-level players win on the on the men's side. Um, and so I was, it caught me off guard to not see, um, you know, a top five, top ten going into Sunday that was all the, the big names and to see, you know, a name again, um, certainly no disrespect to her, but uh, you that you wouldn't have expected to, to hoist a trophy at, at any major venue. Uh, so I did catch me off guard a little bit. So hand up there on uh, being wrong that it yeah. did not uh, produce a, a Nelly, uh, a Minji, um, a Lydia as, as the champion, although uh, two of the three of those did, did play well. Um, Speaking of the quarters, the Americans in general did not have a good showing this week. So I think Allison Lee only won in the top uh, yeah, twenty, top, right? Top fifteen. Yeah. She tied tied for fifteen at three under. I think she was the only American under par. So uh, not a good showing uh, for the for the Yanks, um, as we say it. But uh, fashion. Got got to hit it. We got to, you know, for major championships, right? We always love golf fashion, both on the men's and women's side. I I think we have to start with Madeline Sagstrom from Sunday, right? (laughs) So a very Seattle Seahawks esque color pattern, very very bright, very bright, very bold. Uh, Out of character, I think for her, out of fashion character, she's normally pretty uh, pretty down the middle when it comes to her her attire. But, uh, you know, maybe she thought she needed a little jolt. Uh, of course, a lot of those things are laid out. You know, Look good, three week, good play good, Three weeks right? in advance. But uh, a little surprising there. At the Open with the men, a lot of them threw out these crazy outfits. So maybe just people feel like they need to bring the heat for the big majors. I guess so. That's where the eyeballs are going to be, right? So from the from the apparel providers, right? So you know you're going to get maximum yeah. exposure, uh, testing out a lot of new stuff. Uh, we, we were talking about it off air before we start, started recording. Uh, Shibuno had a, had a very nice, very crisp outfit on Sunday as well, right? The white pants with kind of the a beige, yellowish uh, sweater. It really kind of popped. I like that too. thought that looked good. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, I saw early in the week that uh, you speaking of, you said Jessica Quarter made me think of the, she had no clothes, apparently. Um, I saw, I saw she, yeah, some she luggage was issues. victim of uh, what many of us are experiencing, which are travel issues related to luggage. Um, you ever been in a spot like that, Hannah, where you show up to the event, you got no clothes and you got to kind of figure it out? Touch wood. Nothing like that has ever happened to me. Although last week, saying that, last week... I was due for some kit to arrive for this England match I was in and it didn't. So I ended up using old stuff, which is fine. We made it work. But yeah, poor, poor Corda. Her, she knew where her stuff is as well. It's She has an air tag in her bag. It's in Zurich Airport, but no one can go and get it for her. She knows exactly where it is. But yeah, I think I read she borrowed like Megan Kang's pants and because Megan rolls them up they were fine because Megan's almost a foot shorter than her <laughs> she brought her sisters and then Footjoy gave us some stuff off the truck I think it was just a mishmash but in borrowed clothes she did manage to shoot 66 which I think is quite impressive absolutely stuff that doesn't fit Not too bad yeah yeah she might have to have to try something out there maybe something to it I um, will say one of the biggest what would you call it like dupes that has been ever done by uh an industry is convincing folks that there are certain clothes you have to have for golf. I mean, you know, you can go shoot 66 in anything. If you're capable of shooting 66 to begin with, that is, uh, clothes so, maketh the man or, or the, what's the, what's the phrase? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You can, you can probably get it done into a set of overalls if you had to, but, yeah. uh, nonetheless, it does make you less comfortable when you're not in what you're, uh, you're familiar with. So, so good on her for, for getting it done. So yeah, good. Fa- I mean, the ladies always kind of come, come with it on the fashion side of things. Um, but yeah, I say Shibuno was a highlight, and then yeah, Madeline was definitely uh, jumping off the screen, no doubt. Uh, any Shibuno's, others? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Anna. I was just gonna say Shibuno. Just I, she's really enjoyable to watch. She's just this really like giggly, bubbly character. I don't know if you saw at one point she was. It was when she was really close to Buhai. She was willing her parts in the hole. She wanted them to go in, but it's like, oh well, 
you, you're on her toes like you're almost there you could do it but she she just seems like such a lovely character I great was, great playing partner right that's you, you want to play with that partner. gal yeah absolutely exactly absolutely uh any other parting shots before we turn the page from the uh, 2022 women's open championship till tv coverage right yeah, so well, we, I, we always have a beef with nbc it seems like maybe more than other networks yeah i mean tv coverage i don't know what it was like um in the UK, Hannah, how it was handled, but it probably just the normal so-so. And then I'm kind of hearing reports of the crowds weren't as, as large as we might have expected at Muirfield. I don't know no, if you heard any of that. Like, Give us a sense kind of... of uh, what's that? Yes, you could kind of see it on the TV coverage. It was, it was honestly... I'm obviously excited. I was excited for this event, but it was honestly really disappointing for me to see that at Muirfield. I know that I did just find out today, Muirfield has a rule where they're not allowed to put a wraparound grandstand in front of the clubhouse on 18 because they want the picture of the player and the clubhouse in the background, basically. However, there was just absolutely no one there. I don't know if it's the layout of the golf course. and um, I guess the 150th at St. Andrews definitely would have overshadowed it because it's such sure. an important big event that happened the other day. Um, but yeah, there, there just weren't that many crowds. And then there's just been a lot of complaining here about the highlights went on until 11 o'clock at night. And there's just a lot of talk about pushing women's sport, but then the, girls or children you want to watch that are always like they're already in bed so it, it was disappointing um so walton heath next year the open which is more middle of the country and i i hope that because it is a bit more middle of the country it's more accessible uh maybe we'll see some bigger crowds hopefully yeah, you're right. You know, that, that's a good point with the 150th Open at St. Andrews taking place just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was uh, the golf fanatics had spent their budget on that as opposed to, uh, you know, saving up uh, a couple of nickels and, uh, and heading up uh, to, yeah, the, to the women's that's a good side. Point. So it could, it, could be part of it. Could yeah. have sucked yeah. up uh, a lot of the oxygen, no doubt about it. Well, let's bring it back statesides, uh, shall we? Uh, the Wyndham Championship, the last regular season event of the uh, PGA Tour here. Kind of uh, what we thought an easy event to poo-poo, perhaps, right? So it's like, ah, the Wyndham, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't really care. Maybe some interest and intrigue with the uh, the bubble boys, as you like to call them, Till, those guys that are right on the cut line of making the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings. But I'll tell you, I watched a lot of the golf Sunday afternoon, and kudos to you, my friend. I think Scooter, we got to give him some dap as well. You guys were all over this young gun. Ju Young Kim goes by Tom, right? So that story's out there now as to where that name comes from. An absolute show on Sunday. The front nine in particular, Till, goes out and shoots a 27-8 under Woo. through the first nine holes, and it was kind of over with from there. Totally over with. The Tom Kim era has begun. Got all sorts of stats to throw at you on on Tom's win. Um, one by five shots. He won by five shots with having a quadruple bogey on the first hole of the tournament. Only player to win an event ever uh, since they started tracking such things. And I think it was like 1940 by making a quad or worse on the first hole. First time ever. He was 75% make rate from 10 to 15 feet. The average this week was 27, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's not even possible. It's I not even, it's, yes, it should not be possible. 75%. He was 12 of 16 from that 10 to 15 foot range. Math right? checks out. Math checks out. 75%. The average from that distance is weak. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this right off my man, Justin Ray. He, he never misses. Uh, youngest winner on tour since Jordan Spieth, but the youngest non American winner on tour since 1923, 100 years-ish, uh, since we had a, a winner from outside the States at 20 years old. And yes, probably the most noteworthy stat on him this week, you already mentioned that I picked him to win the the event. He uh, was 34 to 1. 34 to 1. Some places high, at, high as 40 to 1. So hopefully the listeners took me up on, uh, on that and, and cashed a check for themselves. 
I'm uh, I'm all in on this guy. It's impressive. Yeah, I the the post round interview with uh, with Amanda was so refreshing. You know, he the the exuberance of youth was there, right? So you mentioned he's just 20 years old, but he was so polished and so you you could tell that he was still in the moment. And, and maybe he had such a big lead that he could appreciate that over the last few yeah. holes. Uh, I, I'm all in on this guy as well. Absolutely uh, a, a mega fan from this point forward. The golf is one thing, but, you know, getting to hear his story. And, again, it's a five-minute post-round interview, right? So right. it's not like you can know the, the guy's whole whole life story there. But I was so – and you know me. I'm a cynic, right? So I, I'm more the sarcastic yeah, absolutely. ass of this podcast. And, and, and that's the role that I play uh, happily – it was so refreshing. So even I couldn't be cynical about that post-round interview from Tom. Uh, absolutely uh, just just spot on. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And the swing, my goodness. The tempo, the smoothness. I mean, that is uh, – th- this could be a guy that catches on. I- I'm, I'm, I'm all in here. I agree. Couldn't agree more with all those things. Uh, I saw where uh, he had given an interview about American fast food. And that uh, he's like all in on, he's kind of listing off all these American fast food. Got to have a ranking. Yeah. He's like, you know, every time I come to the States, I, you know, I, I get fatter. It was his exact words, uh, not mine, uh, which is always cool. Somebody takes themselves not too seriously. And then, you know, I, I've said on the pod before about how impressive it is for players that English is not their first language when they, when they try um, to you know do their post round press conference in English and, and my goodness, like this guy, I mean, he was super polished and, um, and I think that helped him with your, um, your comment about he was able to be himself and it really kind of came across that way. And so, yeah, I think, I think he could catch on in terms of uh, being a fan favorite where, you know, for some reason, a lot of the Asian players uh, haven't so much on the, on the PGA tour. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all in. With his win, he got, he immediately get, becomes a full fledged PGA Tour member. Uh, he is immediately into the playoffs. He moved up to number twenty one in the world rankings. Is that shot up I mean, just very quickly? Insane. That's amazing. So he's uh, really likable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the 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 G, G rating, Q rating, right? So whatever you call that, yep. like you know, whether that that charisma, whatever it is, I think the marketability of this guy is off the charts. And again, if he continues to play well. All the endorsements and all those things come along with playing well, but yeah, his his attitude and, and just everything about him was was so refreshing. Absolutely loved it. But uh, Hannah, did, did you get to see any of the highlights of, of the Wyndham on that front? I saw a few. I know there was there was a delay, wasn't there? Yeah, lots yeah. lots of weather problems in North Carolina this week. So a Which lot of storms. Also, I mean, he what did he, he came out and played two holes. And then restarted again and shot 27, mm-hmm. as you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's just pretty impressive because sometimes I know when you have a delay and you've got to go back the next morning, it, you're just a bit all over the place. You don't really know what's going on. Um, and it's really hard to like finish and then process that round and go straight back out. But he he processed from the walk to the next tee for the new round. And it's it's exciting. I'm, I'm sure he'll be on my pick list at some point and yeah I just, I, I, he seemed like a really nice friendly guy good head on his shoulders and he's only 20 20 wow. years old i don't yeah. know i yeah. mean at 20 i was like just like trying to i don't know stop hooking out like he's just you know <laughs> out there yeah it's pretty wild and it just turned 20 right so he was he's just a couple months yeah. beyond yeah i sure. remember that stat you, you mentioned jordan spieth youngest winner i think spieth was 19 years and like 350 days so just a couple of weeks short of his 20th birthday whenever he got his first victory but uh another another young winner on tour right so i know scott's talked about that in the past as the i, I don't know the stat off the top of my head but there has to have been like what maybe a dozen 15 first time young winners on tour this year. I mean, it's a, it's gotta be a crazy number, right? It seems really high. Yeah. It seems like we have had a lot of first time winners, uh, which is, which is cool to see if you can at, uh, some of these events that aren't as, uh, as proclaimed as others. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, unlike a lot of those first time winners. I do think that his, uh, standing in, in the game in terms of, you've mentioned said Q rating, I think he'll be more recognizable, uh, probably still nobody could pick Seth Sepstraka out of a lineup, and he was a first-time you know winner this week. So, um, 
wanted to, you know, probably the other big thing of the weekend was the who's going to make it into the top uh, 125. So making the cut this week was a huge deal. You know, if you don't make the cut, you got no chance to make points. You got no chance to move up uh, in or uh, in, into the top 125 or improve your standing in that. And then there were 87 players to make the cut. I mean, that that's crazy. The mo- I saw I saw a weird, tweet that it was the most since 2018. Yeah, a weird nuance of that, too. And I think OU's Chris Goderup is mm-hmm. par- partially to think for that because weather delay had to come back out and finish his final hole. I think he bogeys it, which drops the cut line from minus two down to one under. And so, uh, yeah, we can, we can think of sooner for that. So, uh, Chris, taking one for the team. For the rest I of the guess guys so. out there, right? I guess so. Of course, if he would have missed, I don't know if he'd have missed that putt, then uh, that would have done something else to the proceedings. But I couldn't believe that. 87 players, that's a that's a ton to, to have to play the weekend. Uh, and then on top of that, they had the weather delays. There were threesomes and off two tees, uh, which always makes for less of a good viewing experience. But I thought that was notable. And then local boy, Max McGreevy, gets it He's done. On the right side of the nice. 125. Yeah. Balls out. Uh, over the weekend to get um, not only into the top 125, I think he ended up like 120, 119. And so he locks up the PGA Tour card uh, for next year was was pretty impressive. And so I thought we kind of might go through the uh, kind of the last in, you know, kind of thing with the 125. Um, looks yeah, like a, a notable name from a local standpoint, right? One Richard Fowler. Richard <laughs> Fowler makes it. On the number, 125. And I think this was one of the weird nuances with Tom Kim winning the event. It changed the the, the mathematics a little bit that actually got Ricky into it because obviously Ricky didn't make the cut this week. Yeah, it's it was there was a lot of there's a lot to keep up with uh, that last day. Um, and at one point, yes, he was not going to make it, and then uh, lo and behold, at the end of the telecast, he's bumped into that 125th spot. Uh, but Kramer Hickok, Nick Taylor, Webb Simpson, and Lucas Glover, you could kind of view as the uh, the last five in. Um, again, not only to the PGA Tour playoffs for that first event, but uh, locking up their card for next year. It just shows how like easy it is. I mean, Webb Simpson, in my mind, is a really established player, really, over the last few years. Sure. It's amazing how quickly that can change over... It sounds like the weekend yeah. was a bit tense, wasn't it? There's so much going on. Ton going maths, on. Ton going on. Yeah, Webb Simpson. That's interesting. Yeah, what won a, won a U.S. Open not that long ago, right? 2012 Olympic Club. Ten years, okay. Um, but has been very, very um, well established as contending in majors uh, on American Cup squads uh, for the uh, entirety of the past decade. And so, yeah, to see somebody like Webb struggling, he, he has had a neck injury that he's been battling, I think, for the better part of a year. Uh, when you get injured, it's uh, talking about, you know, not having your clothes makes you uncomfortable. When you're injured out on the golf course, um, you know, everything is, is a little bit off. And so hopefully he gets healthy and can use this as, a, as another year of having his card to you know, selectively pick his schedule and be able to, to kind of rise back up. But, you know, Webb's no, Webb's no spring chicken. He's kind of... That's true. Probably our age, right? When you got when you got twenty <laughs> yeah, probably. When you got twenty year olds, you know, out there bagging PGA tour wins, it's not getting any easier. Yeah. Uh for guys like uh for guys like Webb. Now, not everybody made it to the weekend, not only in uh making the cut, but we had a, a notable termination happen uh over the weekend. Yeah. Surprising. Will Zalatoris uh parts ways with his caddy on Friday, it sounded as if it was might have been at some point during the round, towards the end of the Friday round, uh, and, and he he was asked about it as you would be expected, and said, "Hey, look, he's been one of my best friends for the last few years, and the relationship wasn't good. It was getting unhealthy, and so this is to save our friendship. We have to terminate the business relationship here." Didn't really go into any other details other than that, but uh, yeah, not something you see very often there. I think as a, a swing coach came in finished out the weekend, and Zalatoris played pretty well over the weekend. He barely made the cut, but then actually played well on Saturday and Sunday throughout the weather delays. But, yeah, weird, yeah, weird situation. I, I mean, I don't know, Hannah. Help, help us out here. I mean, how could something change so dramatically from Thursday morning to Friday afternoon? Like, if things were that bad, 
you know, shouldn't this kind of have been addressed and even the days leading up to the the tournament help help us out here, frame it up. You you know, you're friends with a lot of touring professionals. Uh, You obviously on on an amateur level have uh, caddies and, and whatnot. What? Give us some insight here. I think obviously his schedule, like anyone's is crazy. And honestly, I mean, he's had a lot of close calls and, and disappointment. And I think sometimes that can build up and then, you know, you go through the motions. Oh, we're here another week. I've got to kind of play well. And it might just have been honestly, sometimes when you're in maybe not saying he's in a bad headspace at all, but he's been pushed to the max recently, just always just kind of like dangling candy in front of a baby or it's just <laughs> a, lot I feel of, bad a lot of t2 really finishes do. yeah a lot of t2 finishes t2, some have called him a choke artist and some it, it yeah. could be something as i mean i'm everyone's guilty of it. i've been in the situation where I'll, I'll just snap some people have that and maybe that's what happened and i mean it's quite mature for them as friends to say yeah this is wrong i mean something could go really really wrong here um and i'm glad he was able to get his coach on the bag but I wonder who will go with next. And maybe this whole, he feels like he needs like a fresh start, a change to get over the line and not get a T2 anymore. Yeah. Lots of things I think could well, be going through his mind. And I'm like, all of that totally makes sense. And in terms of why he would want to make a change, the thing that I just, I can't fathom is, I mean, it feels very much like, I don't know, equating it to the work world. It's like, you know, you know, you're having issues with the, with, the, with your staff and, you know, it's like you could handle something on a Friday, but instead you don't handle it. You go into the next week and it's like, you know, noon, lunch on Tuesday. It's like, okay, you just pissed me off one too many times. You're out of here. And it's a mm-hmm. bad look when you, you should have and could have handled it before, you know, the next work week in this case. So I, I just yeah, can't I imagine like what, you know, cause Zal Torres seems like a fairly thoughtful dude, good natured guy, like it seems like he should have either just grinned and bared it for another couple of days. Um, cause you know, it's not like he was grinding to, to, uh, make the top yeah. 125. Currently 12th right? in the FedEx cup standing. So, so he was comfortably in again. I got to be a little bit critical, not knowing all the details, of course, but I just call it like I see it and it's it either take care of it on Wednesday night or wait until Sunday night and, and make the change at that point. I, um, yeah, you're right. I, Especially if it happened mid not mid-round, but even towards the end of the round. I mean, yeah, something must have gone pretty wrong or something must have been said for him to just be like, no, cut all ties, like, I don't care. Yeah, and again, like, you know, professionalism works both ways. You know, for the caddy, you know, he should have, you know, it's like, yeah, this is not going well. Like, let me just keep my mouth shut for two more days, talk on Sunday. Like, So it it cuts both ways. But again, ultimately, Zal Torres is the boss. And the boss needs to handle themselves in a certain way, and it it uh, it's a it get, puts a little chink in my uh, in my Willie Z admiration, uh, or at least for this for the time being. Caddy probably has a tell-all book coming out pretty soon. Sign me up, baby. <laughs> oh, he'll appear in some documentary. I, yeah, Zalatoris has been a fascinating Something. figure, right, over the last two he years, has. right? I mean, I, and I have believe been it or not, very this... vocal of a, as a critic of his for not closing the deal, uh, certainly this season. But you can't deny the meteoric rise that he had over the last what, two and a half years, two years. True. Most people would not believe this. This week, first PGA Tour playoff event of the season will be his first PGA Tour playoff event. That's right. Wasn't in it last year. Was not in it because he was not a PGA Tour member, so all the points that he accumulated uh, were for not. uh, He actually needed to win. So it's an interesting story with Willie Z. We'll be uh, keeping a close eye on it, no doubt. A farewell to Willie Z's caddy and also a farewell to Sir Nick Faldo, right? So uh, everybody knows Nick, uh, a stellar playing career, 16 years in the booth next to Jim Nance (sighs) as the lead analyst for CBS Golf. Honestly, I thought it was longer than that. Uh, but, it, but you have to remember, it's like, well, he was still playing. He's still until playing. The last, yeah. So, yeah. So whenever I heard that number, I thought, man, it feels like it's been longer than that. Um, we tributes, need to give Hannah throughout, the first word. Yeah, right? yeah. Tributes throughout the entire weekend, but certainly a lot of them on Sunday from the cast and crew there that uh, have been part of his family really for the last 16 years. But uh, your thoughts on Sir Nick hanging it up. Sounds like he's moving to Montana. And I'm going to give you the floor as a you know fellow English English person. What are your thoughts on Sir Nick? I've uh, all before I bias the conversation. There are some 
mixed reviews, you could say, circling <laughs> around the country where I'm from. I mean, he obviously, very well-known player, did some amazing things in his time. Uh, he has interesting ways of speaking to people sometimes, I've heard. Um, but, I mean, I think he was he was a pretty good analyst. And I, I'm not going to lie, I did see when they all kind of choked up a little bit. That was really sad. Yeah, it's like it's like dying. Like he had a terminal illness. On the text thread, I text is he is he just retiring or is he dying? I mean, this you know you think about a retirement party, right? It's like hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go hang it up and you know go to the farm or go to the beach or or whatever retired people do, right? This had a somber tone through it. Where I was texting you guys and saying, is he being forced out? Does he does he have some sort of terminal disease that we're not aware of? This is not the tone I was expecting. It was awkward. It, it was, was totally awkward. Totally awkward. It was a little bit. And, yeah, I will uh, give him that. Yeah, totally awkward. And I think that, you know, Hannah's being very, very nice to say, you know, solid analyst. Very uh, diplomatic. I think he stinks as an analyst because, um, yes, he says some crazy stuff and, like, you know, sometimes he won't shut up when, like, during a certain moment. Remember when he, like, gave away that Rory had holed out the bunker shot at Augusta? Because, like, yeah. mm-hmm. obviously, he's on 18, and so he sees it happen, and he's like, oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sir Nick, what a guy. I, do, I, I will say the first time I ever saw Nick Faldo in person, I was shocked. The man is a giant. I mean, He's this huge. dude is, uh, he was riding around in like an open top golf cart down at Colonial. Uh, he he was like, he made that golf cart look like a little clown car. He was so. No kidding. Yeah, I would have never gathered that. Total unit. Yeah. yeah. No doubt He's about it. He's great at organizing junior golf tournaments. So I can't tarnish him that much in that respect. But yeah, maybe as an analyst, it's time time to pack that up. Well, and, you know. Is Tony it, Romo going to take the role Maybe now? he was being forced out. You know, maybe that's what all maybe the, that's, the, that's, the that's the vibe that I got is that, you know, like I don't want to leave Ian, Ian Baker Finch was, you know, on there as well. They all had tears in there. It, it, to me, it felt like he was being pushed out. Yeah. That's, that's the vibe. Well, at least for this, this coming season, it's uh Immelman, Trevor Immelman's taking that spot. Okay. I don't know if that's temporary or long-term, but that's who we're going to get to listen to for the foreseeable future in the, in the CBS South African winner yes. of the masters, right? Yeah, past. Absolutely. Got a, got a decent resume as well. So, well, Happy retirement to Sir Nick, whether he wanted it or not. I, I wish him well uh, up there in the uh, the great Northwest. Well, let's get into some fairway files, right? So we've been playing a lot of golf here locally. Hannah's been playing some much more important golf. So so let's start with hey, her. Hey, hey, hey. Let, let, let's start with her in her competition. Importance is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Every shot's important to you, Till, but I, I think uh, Hannah's uh, recent events uh, probably outrank I mean, you're trying to tell bit. me that, that the RNA is more important than the uh, you know, Oklahoma Golf Association? Get out of here. <laughs> Out of here with that. Well, well, Hannah, how'd it go? So, I mean, we saw the the, the record from the uh, from the matches, and, and you did quite well. So, uh, kind of give us an, an overview of where you were at, what you were doing, and uh, how how do you assess your play? So, background information: this was, I guess, a tournament between England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Happens every year. Um, there's a women's team selected for England, and I was fortunate enough to be selected. And we headed off to Ballyliffin in um, like right, right, right at the top of Ireland, which cold. It's cold up there. <laughs> it's right by the coast. It is stunning up there. If you're, it's right down the road from Portrush. So if okay. you're ever in that area, Heard anyone that. listening, yep. or you guys definitely pay it a visit. Amazing golf course. And it was a bit different this year because usually it's just women's team of Scotland versus England and Wales and Ireland. But this year it was actually mixed. So we traveled with the men's team and you basically play in a format of for the women, three foursomes matches in the morning and the men's was four foursomes matches and then five singles in the afternoon and six singles for men. Um, And then there was a combined trophy, which was brand new. And there was a bit of criticism, honestly, from Hmm. some amateur golf fans over here that I don't understand why it was mixed, but I think it was great. And the event, it made it much more exciting. Um, but yes, yeah, some new foursomes pairings I experienced. It was quite a, a young team. I'd n- never played with any of them on the England team before. And I'd previously been in the squad for so what are, what are we calling young? Like even younger than you? 
Yeah, I was the oldest. Oh my gosh. Oh. In a women's team, yeah. The crafty veteran. So. <laughs> you had to feel like, like you're doing it's a little. Like the grandma. I was yeah, like, I was going to say, you had to feel anyone, like you're doing a little babysitting. Is there, yeah. uh, geez. Does anyone need anything? Who wants face paint, flag from last <laughs> day? All of that kind of stuff. I was granny of the week. But uh, yeah, it was actually really fun. And yeah, I got last day against Ireland. Unfortunately, the women for their own trophy, we drew with Ireland very it was all very dramatic at the end on the 18th hole one of my teammates Rachel was playing a girl and she got a free drop from an embedded ball which oh I mean, Patrick Reed situation you know, mm. I was not I was there but I was too far away but someone from England golf did look at it so again and it was the RNA refs like you know you Irish up to their shenanigans went yet again <laughs> exactly <huh? laughs> but we ended up halfing with them which meant that Ireland won the women's on points but the half that we got on this final haul from my teammate Rachel meant we won the full trophy with the men so that was that was kind of nice but I had some feisty games on that last day my word feisty. I don't know where I was like on the in the palace at OU in Norman playing football <laughs> or it was it all got a bit all got a bit feisty but it was actually quite entertaining so and I pushed through and I ended up winning my singles so it was fine but really enjoyable, really enjoyable week. Well That's done. Awesome. Well yeah. done. I think four and one on the week is what I was, uh, you know, I, I've gone to pretty, pretty great depths to follow golf and haven't navigating that, um, that RNA kind of portal link and trying to figure yeah. out, you know, who was winning what, uh, you know, I was challenged. It tested my my fortitude yeah. uh, on following following Hannah's golf. I got to get him on golf stand next year. Right? The first day, I was like, "Oh, she lost." I was like, "No, she won." Oh gosh! Next yeah. time, I'll just keep my phone on and I'll text you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jonathan, I'm too. Just live stream every <laughs> shot. Yeah, walking live up the fairway stream, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just get a GoPro on the I have uh, on a the five foot part to win my match. <laughs> Let's hope I hold it. That would be nice. I'll, I mean, I'll do yeah. that. Well, nice. you know, we can talk offline about that. You want to affect your affect your game too. All much. right, well, we'll bring bring it back locally here. Uh, the the usual third member of the podcast, Scoots, uh, had some previous commitments today, so he's out. Couldn't record early with us, but he had a big weekend. Yeah, right? yeah, so for sure. He's been looking forward to the uh, the Greens Galaxy for for months now. Uh, that would be the member guest event there at the Greens. Uh, he paired up with his guy Rob Wood, and uh, man, they they did great. I think there were I think there were twelve different flights and um, seventy two teams. So that's six, a lot of golfers. Six folks in, or six teams in each flight, and the short and skinny of it was uh, after I think it was five different matches. They come out on top after the two days of match, two and a half days of match play. Uh, for their flight, the 12 flight winners go into a horse race. Uh, those not familiar with the horse race, basically you, you are a you know, low score or worse score is eliminated. I think they eliminated in like three teams. Sudden death. Her whole, um, pretty much everybody else that's involved in the member guests is kind of following you around in their carts. It creates quite a bit of drama and feistiness uh, to steal a word from Hannah. And uh, Scooter and Rob got all the way to, to fourth. So they were kind of the fourth team standing before they uh, got eliminated. I think they played the, uh, the horse race hose in a, in, a, in a two under, and they still didn't make it to the, uh, to the, fi- to the final final. So had to shout out Scooty since he wasn't here to, to kind of pat himself on the back. Uh, well, well done. And, uh, you know, who, who knows what litigation is being filed on he or Rob's handicaps at this point. It's too soon to tell. It's going to be some questions. Yeah, you know, much like uh, the antitrust lawsuits that are going on with the PGA Tour. Who knows? It could get held up in federal court. We, we can't comment on it right now. We're too, we're too close. You know, we can't can't comment on but it. But in all seriousness, when you look, I, Hannah can attest to this. When you look forward to an event for quite a while, and it gets here, it's very easy to to not play well because you've kind of got it really built up in your head. And and Scooty came through with a great performance uh, after uh, again had it, had it circled on the count. I think he even had to like win a lottery to get into the to the event. So shout out to Scoots. Round crowd, of applause. Crowd goes wild. Yeah, I think I mean, that mes- that was probably where all the Muirfield fans were at. Was at the the Galaxy. Probably. They probably yeah. I, I bet it was a wild he event. He stepped up to the plate. He did. He did. Yeah, he did. played well. Played well. Well, another big event going on right now. 
right? We, we alluded to it earlier in the pod, the U.S. Women's Amateur uh, Chambers Bay oh, okay, up yeah. in Washington, right? So, so transitioning cool. for fairway files. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, very, very cool place. Uh, a course that uh, we're familiar with uh, has hosted a lot of big tournaments in the past, but uh, just getting started. But from a local tie-in, a uh, couple of cowgirls involved, Han Swan Yu. Uh, she's getting off to a great start. She's two under through nine. OU's. Megan Winans, right? Your former teammate, Hannah. Uh, she's Good off to May. a decent start as well, right? She's even par after four. And then Madison Henson Tolchard uh, from Oklahoma State tees off later on this afternoon as well. Other other big names in the field from a women's golf standpoint, right? Stanford's Rachel Heck, uh, Jensen Castle, right? So a name that you'll remember, I think the winner last year. So so some big, big names, but not quite as many as we would expect. Yeah, right? as I was looking down the field list and then happened to see a, a tweet on it by, uh, by my count, there's a five of the top 25 only five of the top 25 in the uh, world amateur golf rankings on the ladies side gotta believe that has something to do with uh, folks teeing it up uh, from an amateur perspective uh, over at Muirfield I know that uh, big disappointment not to see Rose Zhang uh, compete this year Uh, she was low am over at the women's British and so that's kind of a a big big loss but I think that uh Golf is so deep, and uh, as the uh, I mentioned prior, the ladies are so accurate with what they do. It, it's definitely worth tuning in later this week when it gets on to the television screen. And then Chambers Bay, an awesome, awesome venue to watch on, on TV. It's yeah. going to it pop. so pure. It looks already. amazing. Uh, for those who have been following golf for a while, you'll remember it from the 2015, I believe it was, U.S. Open, where uh, Jordan Spieth, won back-to-back majors after bagging the Masters that year. And I believe it was when DJ had that very unfortunate three-putt from about six feet on the 18th hole to uh, to kind of hand-wrap that one for Jordan. But if you're, if you're jonesing for some golf here early in the week, I'd definitely say Google up that final round to get yourself familiar with Chambers Bay or re-familiarized. It, it's an awesome, awesome-looking venue. And I'm, I'm, again, very excited about women's golf to, um, to watch them take on Chambers Bay because it's a when you combine great fields uh, high level golf with courses like that it's a it's a blast to watch so I'm, I'm excited about it and uh, I think that's what metal play f- today through Wednesday and then goes great. match play um, from there top 64 Hannah my, my right on that yeah top, should be top 64 um, and then yeah the match play is always so entertaining I find Survive you can either advance yeah, obviously you say it, it, it might be a bit of a weaker field, but I think a lot of people, honestly, after COVID and fifth years at college have honestly just ran to be professional. So we might see some, you know, younger, younger girls popping up and, and showing their talent this week in pressured environments. So we might have a, a sneaky underdog winner. There might be one the women's British open and one at the USM. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it sets up well for that. And I think, honestly, I think the USM and the US women's M set up well for that anyway, because match play is such a fickle beast. Uh, you can play great and lose. You can play poorly and win, uh, those matches. Um, and that does lend itself probably half the time to, a an unsung winner, uh, but you mentioned Rachel Heck in the field. You know she's uh, number three in the in the world golf rankings. I think Sabasa Kachatani is in the field. She's sixth. Yeah, Migliaccio, uh, yeah. who I think is kind of she's kind of doing your route, isn't she? She's going to stay amateur and kind of do other things professionally. Uh, Amelia, she's ninth in the world, and she's she's in the field. So it's not like there aren't names that we are familiar with, and those who follow uh, women's amateur golf a little bit won't uh, have somebody to root for from a familiarity standpoint. In addition to the aforementioned local ladies that are teeing it up, um, yeah, excited to see May out there. She's a uh, she's an up and comer. I think she's going to do some damage. She is. Yeah, she's rooting. been grinding on her swing as well. I know that she. I know at one point this year she was really struggling with her swing, and she went away at the beginning of summer and worked so hard on it. And I was able to play with her before I left, and it looked amazing. So hopefully she'll keep the momentum going, and she can make it really far this week. Absolutely. I mean, I think it would be big time, you know, to uh, have the U.S. Women's Am winner on the podcast. So we really need, uh, really need May to come through for us. Rooting for not it, too much pressure it. on yeah, you there. That's right. That's right. So, uh, 
I know both of you have hard outs, right? So I'm not going to go through the and make you make picks, but FedEx Cup playoffs start this week. St. Jude Championship, a little bit of a tweak, right? So that was always yep. a precursor event. Now it is the first of the playoff events. Defending champ, OU Zone, Abe Anson. Pursuit there. R.I.P. Abe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, any any thoughts about the event, right? So again, another one that that we're familiar with, right? They're in Memphis. FedEx yeah. being a big sponsor makes sense that they're getting an event here, right? Yeah, TPC Southwind is actually a relatively interesting golf course uh, for the TPC network. I think that um, the move is, yes, totally based on FedEx being the the overall sponsor. Um, well, they're putting up a lot of money, so the, it's uh, prob- probably it basically valid. replaces the Northern Trust that was the first playoff event a year ago that uh, Big Tone won. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, you know, when they talk about like last year's champ, are they going to talk about Big Tone as the winner of the first playoff event, or Abe, the recently departed Abe answer? Uh, I know we were super jacked for Abe when he uh, when he bagged that win last year. So we'll uh, we'll definitely be watching this one. What is it? Is it top seventy? Move top on seventy to, the, uh, to the BMW. That so again, great. another uh, kind of bubble boy week out on tour. Uh, this will. Uh, We'll pique our interest. It'll, it seems like whoever wins that first one kind of is able to keep that momentum, momentum. going in this stretch. Uh, you know, Cantlay um, won the second event, the BMW, and then goes on to win the Tour Championship as well. So the momentum that happens in these first couple of events seems to lead on to success for the overall playoffs. So we uh, will be tuned in, no doubt about it. So what, t- what time is this stuff on for you, Anna? Is that like you have to stay up to like 2 a.m. to watch golf? It will be so Tennessee. I guess that's not as bad. I it mean, should yeah, be six it's hours. Be pretty late. It will be pretty late, but I mean, it will be the weekend, so um, I'll stay up past my bedtime. Already on the weekend, <laughs> watching <Okay>. golf. <laughs> love it, love but, it. Um, yeah, and no, I'm excited. I, I mean, I'm looking at it now. I think it's interesting to see some of the guys. Like, obviously, they've played so many more events. Almost ten, some of them, ten, twelve more events than other people. You wonder. If that starts to add up, the burnout comes. Like, you just don't know. I mean, someone like Rory's only played 13 events. And then there's people playing 27. So, I don't know. It could be this top 10 just looks anyone could really do it. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler, a big, big leader in the points right now. Uh, Given the year that he's had, that's probably not surprising. Cam Smith behind at number two. Sam Burns, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, the defending FedEx Cup champion, coming in at number five. Rory, Big Tone, JT, Cam Young, and then Sungjae actually cracks the top ten after a T2 performance uh, at the Wyndham. Quietly great year for Sungjae. Bagged a win early in the year, has had some really nice finishes. Uh, He kind of looked like he was the one that was going to be on cruise control uh, this past Yeah, that was my pick to win. I felt really good about my pick, but then your pick actually won. Well, you know, never underestimate Thomas the Train, baby. He's coming through. Don't stand on the tracks. Um, They're in the 70th rank, uh, 70th-ish position. So 70th is Cam Davis, 69th Taylor Moore, 68th Troy Merritt going the other way. Uh, John Hutt, 71, Brendan Todd at 72, Lanto Griffith at 73. Just to kind of give you an idea of some of the guys that are in that 70th range. Obviously a big week. You play well here. The points are jacked and juiced for the playoffs. You have a, even a solid week here. You've blast up that list. Um, so making the cut, very, very important. Yep, absolutely. Big, big event this weekend for you, Till, in Scooter. Lincoln yeah. Park, 100th anniversary event, right? Go back a couple weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago now, we did the pod about the 100-year anniversary of Lincoln Park. The big event's finally here. It is here. So on July 4th was the official 100-year anniversary of Lincoln Park Golf Club, and um, Aaron Christopete, the awesome director of golf, out at that facility has uh, cobbled together a, a really nice event. I believe he's got a full field on both the East Course and the West Course, and 100 players each. Scott and I are going to tee it up in the two-man best ball uh, side of things. Um, really looking to bring home a net championship, of course. Gross maybe a little bit out of our reach, but you never know. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll tee off on... On Saturday morning, hoping to uh, to play well and, and bring a little more acclaim to the podcast. We're, we're excited about it. 
Going to be good stuff. Going to be good stuff. Hannah, what are you up to this week, right? So you've had a action-packed schedule since you went back over to England. Are you going to get to relax a little bit? I am on and off. Seeing some families, friends. I've got the English Stroke play next week. So preparing for that, that is my last one. But I actually had a really exciting day earlier. I am doing some ball testing for the National Club Golfer, which is a magazine. So I got to go to a Titleist facility at Woburn today. Amazing, amazing if anyone's ever in the UK and wants a Titleist fitting, it's worth the money. It is amazing, that facility. So yeah, I just hit a bunch of different golf balls today. So that's been kind of exciting. Apart from that, no, I am. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> much deserved. Much deserved. So what about uh, plugs? Social media, Hannah. So where can we follow you? Where can we get at you? On Instagram, you can follow me at Hannah underscore screen. And on Twitter, it's Hannah underscore golf. Good stuff. Good stuff. Teal, throw them out there, bud. At YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. We uh, <clears throat> will do a good job keeping you up to date on the U.S. Women's AM Obviously, the FedEx Cup playoff event, and then uh, whatever Scooter and I get ourselves into over the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to following that. And, of course, for us here at the Sports Pros Network, you can check us out on the web at fantasysportspros.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Going to be a hot one here in Oklahoma, folks, so be careful, stay hydrated, and as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 